All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the DSAC Fantasy Podcast, live from the fish tank, back at my fish tank again this week. And we have a good one for you, folks. Uh, since the last episode, we had a football champion crowned. And with that, Nathan will be our guest on the pod this week to talk his trash and celebrate his victory. I think you all will really enjoy the conversation that we had. Had quite a few good questions for him to answer. So without further ado, let's get into that. And on the other side of that interview, we can have some trade discussion. I'll be a hockey back finally, so we'll have a, a weekly recap for that. Another weekly recap for basketball. We'll wrap up with football and then uh, some some league news that went down um, today. Not thrilled to have to make another segment about this, but whatever. It's a labor of love. It's, it's the things I do for this league. Am I right? All right, and welcome on now our newly crowned champion for football, Nathan. What up, everybody? I mean, losers, I mean... Rest of the league. Glad to see you're in a good mood with uh, with all of that. You have to be, you know. Champs fly, fly forever. Yeah, especially when you admittedly yourself uh, said you weren't uh, planning on it. No, definitely not. Yeah, with uh, the way my team was shaping up, I didn't think I had a chance this year. And then catching for a first-round pick, which is now also ironically number one overall. So it's been a great two days. Yeah, you just you keep on winning. <laughs> well, in football only. We don't talk about the outdoor sports. Well, I mean, you did relatively well in uh, baseball. Yes. In Basketball this year and hockey, not so much. Hockey, you're like aggressively average. I think I'm doing pretty good in TPD hockey last time I looked. But who the hell knows? Yeah, I, I like log on Monday mornings. I set my lineup for the week, and I don't even pay attention to anyone that gets hurt or comes back. Someone's gonna lose their mind that you aren't running. You aren't even dedicated to your own league in the group chat. Well, it's it's a fool's errand at this point. Like, no nope, people already kind of are emotionally out of it. And yeah, yeah. So for it, sure, it is what it is. It's disappointing, but well. It'll work out with with having uh, just DSAC alone. I think that'll be hopefully it'll be more competitive when people no longer have to worry about managing their teams for a better league. They can focus more energy in here and they can be hopefully a little bit more competitive. I agree. Yeah, but that is beside the point here because you are on solely to celebrate your championship. So I will kind of open the floor up here with you and, and give you a chance to, to praise any number of players you want for their performances that led you here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first things first, I have a couple of thank yous. Um, I do have to thank Chris, uh, despite his attempt to COVID block our first round matchup. Um, and leaving me with only Garrett Gilbert to start. I wanted to thank Chris for that. So thank you, Chris. Secondly, I would like to thank Murph for getting stuck with the end result of Chris's COVID uh, this and basically not having any players to play. So thank you, Murph and Chris again. And lastly, thank you to, uh, I don't know if we can say his name on this podcast anymore, but I beat him too. And, <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's another, uh, it's another champion or not another championship, another win. And the first of hopefully many championships here. Yeah, um, little disappointed you did not thank Alex or myself for our frustrating efforts to try to explain injury reserve to you, but <laughs> is what it is. Yes, that that was a uh, definitely not a great moment in my fantasy career, uh, not knowing how injury reserve worked for football. But in fairness, it is different in every other sport. I don't know why it was different on the app for that one. Yeah, you uh, are you are right about that. I mean, all of the other three other sports are. The same, except for football, where you have to. You would think it would be it would be intuitive to have a hey, uh, click here to manage your injury reserve, instead of just yeah. having to go into move and just realizing that oh, I just have to move them to injury yes. reserve. But absurd. And then I mean, also thank you guys for helping me eventually land Jake Elliott and actually having a kicker uh, ended up not being necessary, but still very crucial. Yeah, a uh, a bit of a walleye here. I believe I drafted him in the startup 
and then dropped him when uh, Blankenship won the job at Indy. And then I brought Elliot back late in the season. Uh, I think for, I, I think it was for two weeks. And he did just enough before his bye week to, to help me out. And then he ended up being very consistently good for you. Yeah, that's, that's all, all I need. I need you know, five to ten points. And I will be thrilled every single week for my kicker. Yep. And he gave you, it looks like, what, nine, nine and ten down the stretch? Yeah. So incredibly consistent. But thankfully, he, consistently decent. I'll take it. It's better than my second quarterback right now. So. I, mean, I didn't. I didn't want to. I didn't want to have to mention him, but you know, you did. So, wasn't me. I mean, if I wasn't sitting here in a Baker Mayfield jersey as we're speaking, <laughs> he would have been gone a long time ago. But I love the man. Don't know if it's ever going to work, but he's so much fun to watch. So I have to keep, just keep rooting on. Yeah. But I assume this is his last year in Cleveland, coming up, and then I don't know if he gets a starting job. In all honesty. I mean, maybe there's probably going to be some teams in the market for quarterbacks. And if we're being honest, at least he has some some level of history of being a in a serviceable starting quarterback in the league. Yeah. He's won some games. And, you know, he, he got the Browns, helped the Browns get back to where they should be. So, But just imagine if that team had, like, someone decent. It's just – it's really a shame to watch. Yeah. For sure, there's you know plenty of talent. Although I will say the wide receiver group has probably not been very good for him. Oh, for sure. But I think that's more about on actual value compared to name value because he's had names there, but I don't think they've quite been uh, up to the up to the level of what you would expect from those names. Oh, he doesn't have a true one, a true two. He has a bunch of slot receivers running around out there. Yeah, for sure. What he really needs is a nice tight end like Tyler Conklin to start conking everywhere. I mean, it wouldn't hurt. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how this trade worked. And I went against Kyle Pitts, who I started the season with in the finals. I, I was mortified of a Kyle Pitts three touchdown game going against me for revenge for trading him. That was my biggest fear this week. See, I don't know why you would be so fearful of that, seeing as how Matt Ryan it would be his quarterback. And as much as I, I want to like Matt Ryan being on my team, I'll look right now. Uh, the last time he threw three touchdowns to any to total in a single game was week four. This year? Yeah. I would have guessed last year. Oh, okay. Hey, now. <laughs> Okay, carry on. This is your time to yeah. <laughs> No, I just wanted to conk. I just want to keep conking everywhere I go. Conk, conk, conk. <laughs> but at the other day, it really came down to just Cooper Cup doing what he does. Tyler Lockett having an okay game. And Sony Michelle coming through big for me, which I was not expecting. I thought he was going to be a bust of all busts. And I held on to him and started playing him at the right time. And then Maybe my game MVP was David Montgomery. He really carried uh, the torch the entire way. I mean, literally, because he's a running back. Yeah. That's his job. Yeah. I mean, what, they threw the ball like 10 times that game, something like that? I don't know. I don't I don't follow the Bears for many yeah. reasons. <laughs> I don't blame you, but anyway, it, was a, it was the David Montgomery show for the Bears and for my team, and couldn't be more thrilled. Yeah, it looks like you – for the most part, just had consistently good games all around. You didn't really have anyone who particularly went off. but yeah, Especially for, for their standards. Cause, I mean, Cooper Cup having 18.5 is a great game, but for him, that's about average this year. Yeah, three points under the average, his average, to be quite honest. Yeah, yeah and then I left you know, Brandon Cooks on the bench, which had a touchdown, which I thought was going to come back to haunt me. And then when Antonio Brown went berserko, I thought it was going to become the Todd Tyler Johnson game, and he's been sitting on my bench. So there was, there was that fear that I had a bench bomb brewing, but luckily it didn't happen. So Yeah, the only only player who really, aside from Cooks, obviously, who really kind of showed out on your bench was Chuba Hubbard. Just going gonna, just gonna to mention the name. We're going to move on. Um, <laughs> uh, you don't want to mention Alexander Madison? He only had, uh, it looks like, 3.3. 3. Yeah, so. I just had to mention him again. Yep, appreciate it. Could have used him last week. Uh, yeah, last week was fun. Yeah, it's debatable. 
Well, I, at least I can rest easy knowing that I, I played my lineup this week like I would have if it had been the title game, and I still wouldn't have beaten you. So I, I can at, yeah. least, at least have that uh, closure that my inability to handcuff my running backs did not come back to haunt me in spectacular fashion this year. Just a little right. fashion. That's like losing at like another league, and then the person who won the finals had Jamar Chase. Like it didn't matter what you were going to do; you weren't going to beat that team this week. Yeah, that's that's kind of how it felt in my work league to uh, brag about the the money league that I won, having Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Rashad Penny in the same lineup. Yeah, that's a win. They both had phenomenal weeks. Yep. Anyways, anyone else in particular you want to uh, to call out here and praise? You're not even not even to your uh, your boy Herbert yet. I do love me some Herbert, but no, I mean, Herbert's been pretty consistent, steady Eddie for most of the year. Um, I've just been in love with Joe Burrow, so not that I'm soured on Justin Herbert, I just, I can't stop watching Joe Burrow recently, so I'm going to keep giving praise to Montgomery, Chubb, Cooper Cup, and uh, of course the Conk. Yeah, I see, you're going the uh, the tough love route, when you're going to try to make yes. Herbert earn, earn, you're going to make him more motivated, as if... Uh, Finishing um, QB2 uh, yeah. isn't good enough for you. No, well, I mean, what really got me through the playoffs this year was Garrett Gilbert. So he gets more love as of right now. Well, and then, yeah, the rest of the lineup. I'm, I'm just thankful Gilbert is still on your team so I can look at what he did for his only week, just so I could have that in front of me. I didn't have to go to free agency to look at that. So, Well, he, he was a big um, clubhouse guy. You know, we kept him in there for – World support, leadership, you know, get us through through the last two weeks. Yep. Same with Zane Gonzalez, I would assume. Yep. You know, these guys have been here before. They know how to win, so they're here. And I wasn't going to get screwed with, you know, I don't I, I wasn't really paying attention to my cap, so I didn't want to make any moves. I don't feel like going to the sheets. That's fair. I uh, didn't have to worry about that with uh, McCaffrey and Thielen and Robert Woods. Yeah. Yeah. They're just all gone. Oh, speaking of which, I got Hopkins back next year. That'll be fun too. Yeah, you. Uh, he, uh, Will Fuller, and Randall Cobb are your guys currently on IR. I don't think you dropped anyone season-ending IR though. No, I did not, because I don't know how it works. I don't even know how the app IR works, let alone messaging Chris to move to season-ending IR. Yeah, not I, a chance. I kind of figured as much, but. <laughs> oh yeah, and then you know, just going through through my contracts uh, while looking at football. Core of the team's going to be coming back. Yeah. I, so that's a good sign. I mean, the only people who are expiring for you of real consequence look to be Janu, Sony Michelle, perhaps, and Chase Edmonds. Everyone yeah. else is all pretty pretty replaceable. Well, I guess Tyler Conklin is technically expiring, but he's a, wa- he's a free agent or uh, a waiver claim, Mike. Excuse me. So that, that'll be a you'll, – you'll know for sure what the cost is for him. Oh, he's already going to get extended. Three years. Oh, okay. Write, write it down now. Okay. I, um, okay. I'm sure Chris will be listening. Don't do that, Chris. All right. Anything else in particular you want to uh, to talk about with with football? You already kind of covered all the players who you felt were worthy of your love. Uh, you kind of covered your situation going into next year in terms of contracts. Although I will say you did uh, offer up, or at least – open the possibility for trading uh, the first pick. Oh, it's, it's available. I, it might cost a lot. I want to see how, you know, who comes out to this draft and where they fall before I make any moves, but it'll definitely be available in some capacity. Um, considering I traded my pick next year for Travis Kelsey, I might be looking to move up into that and make sure I land in the first round there. But definitely the first overall pick is on the board. Um, it will take a lot, but it's there. Interesting to note. I'm sure people will uh, probably DM you about that. I'm sure there's a few teams who could potentially use a quarterback. As you said, I don't know if a quarterback is set in stone to go 1.01 in our league. But in a super flex, you have to assume that quarterbacks are probably going to be the most likely spot there, even in a draft like this one. Yeah, I mean, do they want a quarterback bad enough? Baker Mayfield may be available. Whoa, 
you you went from uh, about ready to kick Mike off as a co-owner for suggesting that to admitting it on a podcast within what two hours? Uh, I, I'm just looking at his contract and now I'm realizing that I have to get rid of him sooner rather than later. Uh, it looks like Mayfield. Okay, yeah, three more years at twelve million. Yeah, not ideal. I mean, it could be worse. There's there's worse quarterback contracts out there. Oh, for sure. I mean, it, it, it helps that Herbert's only making four. Yep. But yeah, there that, that's that's uh that's a looming situation there with Baker Mayfield, especially since I have Garrett Gilbert still waiting in the wings. That is true, and he is eligible for an extension. You can, uh, if you want, I'm sure Chris will be more than happy to mark you down for a Gilbert extension. I have to see where he signs in the off season before I can commit to that, but he might have to come back as a, as a clubhouse guy. I mean, yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll be your uh, Udonis Haslam. I, I'm not gonna lie, I legit looked on ESPN trying to find Tebow to see if I could sign Tebow for one week, just for clubhouse support. <laughs> I mean, Tom straight up signed him in free agency, so. <laughs> True, I forgot about that. <laughs> was, uh, good times. Yeah. It was an interesting free agency to start with, uh, with, with Wham's kind of introducing himself early on as, a, oh, this is going to take forever, isn't it, type, type of better. But yeah, we got, he was we got right. Through. It did take forever, but. And I guess luckily for us, I think Brett had been replaced at that point. Yes, because I know have to tag him five different times. Yeah, I know we were all kind of looking at his team and then looking at Fragency and kind of seeing the writing on the wall of, oh, he has like two thirds of his team to replace. This is going to take forever. Yeah, for sure. We could have just given him an entire month and he would have filled three spots. <laughs> Spitting against himself. <laughs> Not realizing what's going on. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. Great. All right, so I guess. With, uh, with football kind of wrapped up here, I can go straight to questions. This will be a bit of a, a shorter interview uh, in all all likelihood with the whole purpose of you being on, being with uh, being the champion, of course. Of so course. To start out here with uh, with questions, all from listeners, a couple from me penciled or sprinkled in, but uh, the first question is, why did it take having a co-manager for you to finally win something? Oh, it's so true. Um, you know, again, you know, he was there to, um, I think, right the ship. You know, there's a couple of players were getting a little loose, you know, doing some extracurriculars outside of the, the field. And we needed a steady Eddie, you know, someone who's a father, responsible to bring everybody back together and get refocused on on our goal. Yeah, got to be. I mean, it, it, plus, I'm sure it helped having me as your get right opponent. I know your team really started clicking when you faced me in, I think, week 13. Yeah, it really did. I was, I was, I was sliding. I wasn't scoring like ninety points a game, and then played you, and I went off for like 140, 130. I think it was a little higher than that, if we're being honest. Was it? Uh, I, I can pull up your schedule. Oh, you can do it yeah. too, I suppose. I mean, I don't even know how to use IR. You expect me to know how to do this? I think I might have found it. One sixty one point oh eight. There it is. Yeah. It was a good, it was a good, good week. You could say so. Hey, yeah, the weeks before I was putting up 103, 101, 70, you know, just week across the board. And then, and then I think in that game, didn't I, no, I didn't start Madison or Hubbard against you, did I? No, you did not, which I, yeah. I don't know if I was happy you didn't to save the embarrassment or just embarrassed you did because you you could say, hey, I did it without these two guys that would be helpful for you right now. Oh, wait, no, I did start Madison. He scored 19.9. Oh, okay. But Montgomery, 24.1. Look at me using decimals. I'm sorry. (laughs) Sonny Michelle (laughs) scoring 20, and Cooper Cup with his usual 22. But I remember on my bench, I had a combined four points on my bench. So I just was ravished with uh, the bye week hell. Yeah, and the inability of not knowing how to use IR. Correct. Besides for Will Fuller, for some reason, he got there. Yeah, it looks like that happened very early in the year. So I I, I honestly think it was something where maybe you just kind of lucked into it and then you just kind of forgot about it. I, it has to be that or it has to be Chris forced it through to make a, to make a trade. One of the two. Yeah. But either, either way, win's a win. The next question, and I'm hoping, I hope I am uh, pronouncing this. 
correctly. Is, okay. is Jobin spelled with an E or an I? Jobin is spelled with an I. Okay. That uh, is confirmed. The follow-up to that is, are you nervous about losing your co-manager and Job Jobin, Jobin? I... <laughs> yeah, Jobin. And no, I'm not afraid of losing him. I, again, he's actively on the block. I'm willing to trade him to, I believe he was trying to pair up with Sean. I so... mean, once again, two hours ago in the chat, proved differently when you said you owned him. Like, like <laughs> physically owned him. And your picture was fantastic. I'm I'm glad you I'm glad you and uh, and Mike appreciated that. Even though oh, I I'm was, sure it I wasn't was really in, relevant to anyone else. I was in the grocery store, legitimately crying, laughing so hard. People thought I was a psychopath. I'm sure, just looking at my phone, crying and laughing all at the same same time. I mean, maybe you never know. But uh, I do own him. That's why I can trade him and do whatever I want with him. Okay, that is fair. I, I assume He's disposable. I assume you probably want compensation for that first before you just let him go. Uh, probably a fifth. That's it. Like a draft pick or a bottle? Either. <laughs> Brown liquor only. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up is how do you explain the upcoming Tulsa move to Regulators fans after winning a title? Uh, just get ready to drill. And then once we get rid of a certain co-manager, we'll go back to being the regulators. Don't you worry. Okay, you heard it here first. We might have a uh, temporary move situation on our hands. Yeah, it's um. Didn't the Vikings have to play at like Minnesota University's field for a year while they finished the stadium? Yeah, something. I think. I think so. Yeah, that's what we're gonna do. It's just gonna be a year, year or two, and then we'll be we'll be back to to where we won our first championship. All right. Uh, next up, and this is something I admittedly have kind of thought about in the wake of our trade, and I, I can't say I really remembered it before we did it. Um, do you think Conklin can hold off Irv Smith Jr.? <laughs> I kind of forgot Irv Smith Jr. existed. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, what's, the, uh, what's the saying? The best availability is being available or something like that? The best ability is availability. There it is. And you know who's, who, who's available? The conk. Irv oh, Smith you has heard, never you, been available. You heard it here first. Tyler Conklin is available for Nathan. Send your offers <laughs> in now. Yes. Please, again, send trade offers. All right. Uh, the, there's a follow-up to that. Uh, a second uh, person asked a, a question related, so I'm just kind of going to combine these here, was how do you plan to squander an asset next in the same way as acquiring Conklin for Kelsey? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, I mean... Some sometimes you just see a trend and you see a great name and you see you see a chance and you got to take it. You know, if we can trade for T TB twelve, that might be something to do. Um, by TB twelve, I of course mean Tim Boyle. Yep. Um, so there's always value to be had, and you know the conk is no different. Just just came through at the right time. You know, I don't even know if you would have to trade for him. I think Boyle might not even be on a roster. Oh, I think Alex might have him. Yeah, I, I just clicked on Alex's page. I think okay. he's there. Along with Trevor Simeon, didn't realize and he was on. Okay, didn't realize he was on a roster. That's that's just a team that could use Baker Mayfield. Just saying. I mean, Jameis though. Uh oh, in IR, can't tell how to use these things. <laughs> All right, next up is just a general. How does it feel to be champion? You know what? There's four champions in this league now. Across all, all sports, four different people have championships. Yep. You and Dylan in football. Uh, Josh, I think. Yeah, Josh won base, uh, basketball. And then Alex won hockey and baseball. Yeah, so, I mean, four of 20 people that have been in this league total been, and left in some capacity. You know, that's it's very rare air. It's, uh, it's very crisp up here. Um, it's nice to look down on everybody else and just know that you're better than them, at least at one thing. Okay, strong, strong words from our champion. Uh, that being said, you do need those people to help teach you things. Again, like said IR. So they are still important, but you're still better than them in general. Yes. Uh, how did you and Mike celebrate? Um, he texted me, we'll say. No, <laughs> no, he was texting me throughout throughout the day, and he was saying, like, we're looking pretty good. And I was being neg negative Nancy, saying I'm not, you know, counting until – so all the games are final. There's no more stack corrections. 
And then that was about it. We didn't really celebrate. We just said congratulations and we went on our way because it's just business to us. That's a strong answer for your fans. I'm sure they'll appreciate that, that business first approach. Of course, you have to. Um, this is an interesting question from a listener that came in very recently. Uh, do you think your opponent is a sore loser for what happened earlier today? Oh, that is a very recent question. It's, it's, a, it's a loaded question. Um, I think he who shall not be named uh, might have took his frustrations out on other people. And uh, I understand being upset. And I think he handled it very poorly. Fair enough. I can't say I would have handled it any better losing to you, but, you know, it's what it is. Um, True. I just wouldn't have been as public about it. I would have thrown stuff in my room and drank a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you have any predictions for what you think the final will be next year? Um, probably me versus Mike. Mike will find his way to get his own his own, his own team. It'll be me versus Mike. Uh, Mike will somehow have Baker Mayfield on, on his team. And the conch will score a Monday Night Football touchdown to lead me to victory again. In an undefeated season, one of probably three or four in a row. And, yeah, I mean, I'd be shocked if I lose in the next de- decade. Okay. Well, I mean, you'll have Mayfield there for most of it, so. <laughs> True, and you suck so bad. All right. Uh, next question. Did you try to influence your matchup by rigging the railing in the Washington Stadium to break and potentially for fans to fall on Jalen Hurts? Oh, didn't that happen after the game, though? I mean, I think the event itself happened after the game, but, I mean, there's no – they have to come out of the tunnel first, right? True. Um, I did not do the railing. However, I did do the uh, sewage thing from a couple weeks ago, if you remember that, when there was sewage oh, yeah. pouring over the fans. Yeah, that was my, my doing. <laughs> well, glad we could uh, we could solve that issue. All right, the uh, next question. We'll get into the, the some of the, the non-football-related uh, ones here. Uh, how did you meet your significant other? Actually, I was her boss. Um, oh, we first met, yeah, and then she moved to Georgia, and then we kind of kept talking, and we started dating right before she left for Georgia. After our, she, I was no longer her boss, uh, <laughs> she left the job first, and then we've been together for three years now. So it all kind of works out in a weird way, but it works out. And I would assume that would be in like some sort of a, a restaurant slash kitchen setting. Oh yeah, I, I was the bar manager, and she was a server. But then promoted to be a bartender right before she left. I see. It was all probably part of a plan to get that promotion and then bounce. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Uh, she played the game. <laughs> favorite vacation you, you've taken? This past year, we went out to uh, the Finger Lakes up in North or uh, in New York and just had a bunch of awesome hikes and trails and actually taught her how, how to use her uh, fancy camera. So it was fun to teach her photography stuff and just had an awesome time, legit hiking 10 hours a day, and then coming back to the hotel room, relaxing, getting a couple beers, and then doing it all over again. Yeah, sounds like a lot of fun. I can't say I've ever been like hiking on a scale like that, or maybe even ever. Well, I've been in like kind of like through like woods and shit, but not, not anything like. You have to like prepare for so. I feel like that oh, would be. I feel like that would be a, a very fun, very fun day or a couple days to do that. Yeah, for for sure. The only problem was was I forgot my laptop chargers, my laptop camera chargers, and phone chargers all back at my place before we left. So that was a fun two days of running around trying to find charging ports and borrow charges anywhere we possibly could. Well, I suppose uh, not having the laptop in the first place makes not having the charger more bearable, but... Right. Yeah. But the problem was the chargers would help the charger to the camera as well. Oh. It was all kind of like a one-unit thing. Yeah. Not ideal. Yeah. How, yeah. How would you kill somebody and get away with it? Once again, we have a really demented person in this league, apparently, who keeps wanting to ask that. I was, I, I was thinking this is going to get asked, and I've been prepared for it. 
Oh, so you did, you did your notes. So I think what I would do is I would run a 40-yard dash, <laughs> set all, all these contestants up, and then I would rig the draft so I knew who was going to win, and then place some sort of um, trap door where they would celebrate, and then Luca would be underneath to celebrate with you. And then I would make sure that person's also Chris, and then, you know, you're underneath the ground, and you just kill somebody, and you walk away. Nobody can find you. You're good. In that scenario, uh, who kills who first to eat to survive longer, Luca or Chris? I think Chris would just nibble on him when he's sleeping. Literally, like, like Chris is like big spoon to Luca, and he just like nibbles on his ear and like just starts doing like talking sweet nothings to him. That's how I picture it. Oh man, that's it's probably an accurate representation. Every night he probably has like a life-sized uh, Doncic. Um, Doll slash body pillow. Insert whatever. Uh, oh wait, don't say want. insert whatever. That's a little weird, buddy. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, with him, he may have created some openings. So true, true. All right. Uh, next question: um, Who are your top three hottest celebrities? And please tell me one of them is Catherine Reitman. I don't know who that is. Uh, to go back to a conversation we had earlier, that's the actress who played Maureen Ponderosa in Always Sunny. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, no, it's not, unfortunately. Um, oh. oh. I will say it was, um, I'm awful with names. Hold on. Um, Aubrey Plaza, number one. Okay. Um, number two, Natalie Portman in Star Wars Episode Two. Specifically there. And then number three, um, Anna Kendrick. I think that's probably, probably my list. Okay, relatively, relatively solid, solid list. There are a lot of uh, names I think a lot of people would mention. If, yeah, if you were to for like, sure. if you were to like canvas like a, a group of people. Um, next one up is what is the origin story behind all your fandoms? Because it seems like a lot of the teams you're a fan of are not from the area you grew up. Oh, yeah, it's I'm all across the board. So Oregon started with uh, Joey Heisman, a.k.a. Joey Harrington, uh, and the NCAA 03 video game, which is one of the best video games of all time, and I still play it weekly. Um, great game, and I just fell in love with Oregon from there with you know all the other quarterbacks and players with Kellen Clements, Jonathan Stewart. This goes on, but that's where that all started. Um, the rest has kind of all started where I started watching the sport when they were an expansion team. So like the Panthers, I started watching in 95. Jeez, they, you're old. Yeah, I was five years old. And I was negative I started one. Watching. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 there was like a little bit of like, I was a Broncos fan a little bit, a Steelers fan a little bit because of my family. Um, but as soon as like I was five years old, all I want what is the Panthers. So I've been with them ever since, unfortunately. Um, Tampa Bay was the same way. 1998 was their first season. They used to have a purple Jose Canseco jersey. Um, yeah, that's when I started watching baseball. And then basketball, that's a little bit weirder because I just love T-Mac. So just been stuck with him ever, ever since. I mean, that's fair. I, I feel like basketball is one of those sports where your fandom can be influenced by a single player more than – in most, just because of how important a single player can be to a team in, For sure. in I basketball. Mean, yeah, exactly. And and I love T-Mac, and I, and I love Shaq, and I loved Howard for a little bit. But, I mean, in hindsight, and, and Michael will attest to this, I should really be a Pistons fan, too. Oh. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I should be, because Ben Wells is probably my favorite player of all time, besides Darius Miles. Um I'm all about like the physicality of basketball and playing defense. That's what all those old school Pistons teams were about. So, in my heart, I'm probably there, but I'm just stuck with the magic. I mean, it's okay. We all make poor decisions at some point in our lives. I don't know if not being a Pistons fan is the poor decision, or being a Magic fan is the poor decision. But either way, well, at least with the Pistons, you would have seen a a title. I know the Magic got close once. Yeah, and then Courtney Lee missed a layup. Uh, I don't in game one against the Lakers. Yeah, I don't remember anything about the series, but I I think that was was it probably like a five or six game series. I don't think it went seven. 
Yeah, it, it was five. It was yeah. it, it, the game all changed when uh, Courtney Lee missed that layup. But before Michael and Nut jump in, there was a time where I was ready to give up my fandom for the Magic, oh. and we put all these teams into a hat and drew a hat or a name out, and I was going to be a Kings fan. And I was a Kings fan for a solid two weeks, and then I just went back to the Magic because I couldn't deal with anything else. You know, you know it's bad when a Magic fan thinks, "Yeah, this is too much." Yeah, it's, it's like it's not even that it was the Kings; it was just like, you know, I was still watching more Magic games than I was Kings games. So, what was what was the point? Yeah, that's true. The the actually, no, I, I can't even say the location because you aren't particularly close to Florida. No, nope. and then if I ever do change teams again, I'm going to assign teams to a roulette number in a casino, and I'm going to bring all my friends and we're going to go gamble on it. Oh, I was going yeah, to say you, be a lot of fun. you could just drop like a 40-yard dash. Let that <laughs> if only we have nobody, know somebody that can do 40-yard dashes and rig it. Yeah. Just to hit up Chris, hey, please, please give me a good team. <laughs> Chris, I'm kidding. Please don't kick me out of the league. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So with your foray into hockey now, do you actually have a, a favorite player? This doesn't have to be on your team, but just do you have a favorite hockey player in general? Well, it's been for some time Evander Kane, but it doesn't look oh, like right. he's playing anytime soon. Um, so my current favorite player in hockey is Masher Salt for the for the Knights. Jonathan Jonathan Marchessault. That's that's the name. Yep. Um because yeah, I remember when I was watching the Knights the, the first two years, he was like undrafted or lowly drafted, kind of just came out of nowhere and, and just start putting up points left and right. So kind of fell in love with that story a little bit. Yeah, it was a, a, a an interesting uh, development curve for him. Um, I'll look up his 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 draft right now. Um, yeah, it doesn't look like he was drafted. He started out with Columbus, then went to Tampa for a couple years, spent a single year in Florida where he kind of popped off. And then Florida made a deal to trade uh, Marcia So and Riley Smith to Vegas so they could protect, oh, God, some bad defenseman who they don't even have anymore. Yeah. That was, that was one of the big trades where you look back on it like, wow, that's Florida's a team that really like went out of their way to make Vegas good. Yeah, exactly. I, I remember just hearing like like he was like the scrappy underdog story. I'm like, that's what hockey should be. Like, I'm like yeah, these finesse players are cool when I'm watching them, but like, I want like a scrappy underdog that's just gonna will his way through through the league and score some points. Yeah. Uh, then when we get uh, done with this, you should Google Jonathan Marcheseau Instagram comments. Oh, geez. Uh, about about a year ago, or a little over a year ago now, he. Uh, Got into it with some fans and had some very interesting uh, comebacks. I'll read one of them just to uh, to set up the set the stage both for you and anyone else who wants to uh, to go. Um, here's one that says, "Shut the fuck, little dick, and go suck on your mummy's. I assume that's titties, and stop wasting my time." Yeah, that's phenomenal. That makes me like him even more. <laughs> yeah, uh, the the article I opened up had it blurred out, but I'm trying to use context there for. Right. But I know it was definitely shut the fuck because he didn't even he didn't he left out the word up. Like I just gram- grammatically speaking, it's just a poorly constructed comment, let alone the content. Is he American? Uh I don't think so, because I think he's he's gotta be Canadian because that's a very Quebec sounding name. Okay, that's fine. America or Canada's fine. It looks like he is from yeah, Cap Rouge, Quebec. Okay. That's fine. All no, right. No Russian fair, fair players over here. Yep, you've made that abundantly clear. In <laughs> <laughs> an incredibly both xenophobic and slightly affirmative action-based uh, roster construction with with your team, but okay. Um, <laughs> the final question here is. Have you ever been to Scranton? And if so, are there a bunch of office references in the town? So I have been to Scranton multiple times. Um, I've been to a couple, you know, a bunch of places that they reference in the office, uh, including 
bunch of the malls and you know just little spots around town and last time i was there was probably six years ago five years ago and there was no office references um it was just very like scranton's not a the best of places it's very just sad and cold so it was just people just getting by and and living 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 their life but other than that not a bunch of office references no Hmm. I guess that probably makes, I, in my opinion, I think that probably makes some sense. That's about what I expected, but yeah. I guess this listener was just curious because that's a, a listener who's asked a couple of different people um, questions about areas that are near them, like geographically. Now, yeah. Now, now that, that being said, that was, you know, five, six years ago, the office has really like taken off on Netflix since then. So they might've added some stuff, but you know, the last time I was there and kind of went to a couple bars, there there wasn't much going on. Well, good to know. I hope you could help uh, help our friend out there in like a, a tour guidey kind of way. Oh, of course, yeah. Uh, just don't go to Scranton. There's nothing there. Just, just keep going right to New York City if you're going to go. Yep. Yep. Just uh, go right there, and you'll see an exit for Scranton, and just keep on driving. Yep. Exactly. All right. Well, that kind of covers football and questions. I guess I will kind of give you a chance anything in particular it doesn't have to be football related anything else you want to say here uh before we wrap up this interview um i think just suck it nut um <laughs> and mike is very available for trade um contact me and just keep conking yourself everybody just keep conking it's it's an important part of staying healthy i believe correct it helps your colon <laughs> all right sounds good thank you very much for taking time out of your busy day uh, in the life of a champion to to humor us for a uh, bit of an interview. <laughs> Anytime, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, folks. Let's uh, let's start with trades here. Uh, basketball was the, the main uh, source of trade news for us this week. That saw Dylan trade his precious Alperin Sanjun, someone who he was very high on, along with a first-round pick and $2 million in cap space for the next three seasons in exchange for Shea Gilgis-Alexander from Keefe. Uh, we, it's just a little, perhaps, surprising to see Dylan move with Shangun, but he is in a spot where he can benefit from winning now, and SGA will certainly help out with that. The next move saw Alex flip Jeremy Grant for CJ McCollum and a ton of cap space both this year and next. Uh, Grant is on one of the best contracts in basketball right now for us. The only issue is he is currently hurt, and there is a possibility that he is traded from Detroit, which will likely mean he's going to a better team, which will see a decrease in his usage and will make him a less valuable player. So good on Alex to cash out now, but we'll see how that works out in the long run, though. But I do think McCollum will be a, a better player, and, and for that, I think Alex did, did pretty well. Next up, saw uh, Sean make a big move. He traded Donovan Mitchell and cap space in exchange for Andrew Wiggins, Chris Duarte, Isaac Okoro, RJ Hampton, a second and a first. These are uh, some big Big acquisitions by Sean to to get younger, but he also trades Donovan Mitchell, who is about the only player I could really count on to be in the weekly recap for him on a regular basis. So we'll see if Wiggins or Anthony Edwards can can hold up their end of the bargain, but who knows, Sean might continue to to trade guys and, and get younger and move out and cash out on his uh, assets, and Wiggins could be one of them. As we saw with the Roto uh, rankings that I released uh, on Monday, uh, Sean is dead last in everything except for turnovers. So he's been really effective at being bad this year. And lastly in basketball, we saw Barry acquire Jay Sean Tate, a player that he had had last year, a player that I briefly had until I realized he went to Ohio State in which I promptly dropped him. He acquired Tate in a third in exchange for Deontay Hunter. So this is a decent move for Barry. Um, I don't know what Hunter's issues been he was a really highly touted guy coming out of college hasn't really clicked in the nba yet i believe there's been some injury issues there as well quite a few of them i believe but tate is a very well-rounded uh the defense first guy he can rebound a little bit he's going to get his, his stocks and i think that'll be 
something Barry's team could, could use here. And we did have one hockey trade in which Barry once again took advantage of Nathan, in my opinion, trading Andrei Sveshnikov, who is the best player in this deal in real life. I don't think he's quite as valuable in a, a fantasy standpoint, but he's still a really good player. And in exchange from Nathan, he got Matty Beneers, Jakob Vrana, Mikhail Sergachev, a second and a first. Now, Matty Beneers looks like he could be a very valuable, very valuable player in this league. He was about the only, only player in the draft last year who you could count on to be a surefire center in the NHL level. Maybe Mason McTavish, but Beneers was, was that guy. He plays a, a very strong 200-foot game. He's going to be good in the faceoff dot, but the offense will be solid, I think, but I don't think it's going to be, like, next-level offense. I think he'll be comfortably around a 65-point a 60, pace over 82 games. I could see him being a, a Bo Horvat type, um, perhaps a Dylan Larkin type, although Larkin's offense looks like it's ticked up a bit this year. Um, but I, I can see him being that type of a center from a fantasy standpoint. Rana, as a Rebbings fan I'm a bit more familiar with, uh, very good at 5-on-5. Five five, one of the better 5-on-5 five five goal scorers per 60 minutes in the last couple of years. And I think he could be a a very valuable piece for Barry. I think he could be kind of like an Andrei Sveshnikov light. I, I should have checked this before. I'm not sure if Sveshnikov really contributes in hits. I know he's a bigger body, but I don't think he hits a ton. So I don't think Verano will be much of a decrease there. But Verano will get his shots. He'll put up his points. I just don't think he'll be quite as prolific offensively as Feshnikov is. And then Mikhail Sergachev is on a pretty good deal here. He's a, a do-it-all defenseman for Tampa Bay. He's going to put up some points. He's not going to overwhelm me with the offense. But he's going to hit. He's going to block shots. He just kind of does a little bit of everything, as I said. And I think that's a very, very valuable uh, piece here for Barry, and then you factor in a first a first round pick and a second round pick, and uh, Nathan better hope that he's uh, relatively competitive and that he's either in the playoffs in those years, or that he is at least close to the point where he has not so great lottery odds. But we'll see how that turns out. Not a fan of this deal on paper for Nathan, but you never know. And as Nathan admitted in here in our podcast, he said he's not really too big on the, the Russian guys for hockey, and yet he went out and traded for Andrei Sveshnikov, which I don't know why. Interesting. And we move on to football now. The Regulators took on the title as Sony put up PlayStation-esque numbers, and David Montgomery, that is, delivered a Goliath performance. We didn't see much chub from Nathan, but Cooper provided, or proved, rather, that there was no cup check needed, and Nathan was not left chasing this matchup as he was able to practically lock it up for Monday Night Football. Jalen, meanwhile, tried his best for the Queen, but the Queen's roster gave him about as much support as the railings in FedEx Field gave Eagles fans on Sunday. Someone as posh as Keefe would definitely use a Mac over a PC, and Jones showed why that was a wise move. Najee brought glee, but a poor performance from DeAndre led to a swift drop in odds on Sunday as Keefe watched from the pits of despair. Congratulations to Nathan as his maneuvers and discovery of injured reserve came Justin time for Herbert to help him to a victory. All right, and the perfect lineup for football. And once again, this is only for the championship match, so Jamar Chase and company won't be in here, but quarterback Mac Jones, running backs Najee Harris and David Montgomery, wide receivers Cooper Cup and Tyler Lockett, tight end Kyle Pitts, uh, flexes Jarrett Patterson and Sony Michelle, Superflex, Herbert, Kicker, uh, Jake Elliott. And also here with football, uh, we had a, a lottery run today in the midst of the chaos in the group chat. Chris decided to soothe us all with a lottery. And 
from my understanding with the, the, the sheets and the draft pick ownership tab, the draft order will be first place Nathan with a pick via nut from myself, second place Ping, third place Josh, fourth place Alex, fifth and sixth place both Ping via Barry and Paolo respectively, uh, seventh place Tom, eighth place Barry via Ping through Dylan. Um, actually, no, it's yeah, it's via Dylan through Ping. My apologies. Uh, ninth place Josh from Chris. 10th place, Whams. 11th and 12th place, Alex, through Ronnie, myself, uh, and Murph. Uh, 13th pick will be Paolo from Keith, and the 14th pick will be Nathan. Nathan comes out, wins the title, wins the lottery, and bookends the lottery as well with the 1st and 14th picks. Uh, we can quickly take a look at the... The football matchup that was real quick. Nathan and I went over it a little bit, so I'm not going to spend too much time rehashing things that were already said. Uh, Nathan was was really kind of carried by the the running backs in this one. David Montgomery and Sony Michelle uh, really went out for him. Cooper Cup played well, a little bit below his average, but that is still just an incredible performance from any wide receiver. Uh, Herbert wasn't all that. Great. He was solid, about average for what he normally does. But uh, it was just generally a well-rounded matchup from Nathan, while uh, Key saw disappointment from Hertz, from Swift, from Carter, from Claypool, from Hill. Pitts underperformed a touch. Najee absolutely went off. He and Mac Jones and Jarrett Patterson all exceeded expectations by a wide margin, but it wasn't quite enough. And I think that this was honestly a, a pretty good championship matchup. It came down to within about 11.34 points, I think the math is, off the top of my head. Relatively close. Two really strong teams uh, who were able to stay mostly healthy, which was, was key here. This is definitely a season where getting a little bit lucky with the health and not having a key player go into the protocols right before game time was was a benefit. But I do think that these were two very strong and well-managed teams. And I think there's a reason why they were in the championship in the first place. And there was no no real fluke there. So with that being said, I'm excited to see what, uh, what next year will look like. Who will be back? We know one of these owners won't be back on uh, technicality. But one of the two, both of these teams very well could be, though. And we will see how that all plays out here as we go into... Uh, the off season coming up and we can see what moves are made, what trades are made, what free agents are signed, who gets extended, and we'll see where uh, the teams are here in oh seven, eight months or so. I got a feeling the walleye might uh, might have some favorable preseason rankings yet again, which I'm sure will just set us up for more disappointment. But this isn't about me. This is about Nathan coming in first and winning the whole damn thing. All right, next up we can roll into hockey. Let's let's go with hockey here as for the first time in a little while we were able to uh to witness some hockey. The uh the COVID issues uh caused a break in the schedule and for that we didn't have hockey for like a whole week. And with that being said, our first matchup would be Alex taking down Nathan 9-3. Goal, 5 assists for Andre Palat. 3 goals, 2 assists for Brian Rust in just one game, might I add you. Pretty good game for Rust. While Nathan got a goal and 7 assists from Jonathan Huberdeau. Goal and 4 assists each from Jesper Bratt and Charlie McAvoy. And then 3 goals, 2 assists for Anthony Duclair. Uh, Chris took down Dylan 9-3, getting... Two goals and four assists from John Carlson and a goal and four assists from Timo Meyer. Dylan got two goals, four assists for Kaprizov, four goals and an assist for Mika Zabanajad. Goal and three assists for JT Miller and then zero plus four for Victor Hedman. That's goals and assists as well. Uh, Barry took down Josh and I don't want to call it an upset as both teams are kind of trying to lose here, but Barry has not been super competitive at all so to see him get a, a 7-2-3 win is 
bit of a surprise here. Although, as you can imagine, neither team had, you know, a ton of uh, standout performances here. Three goals and an assist from Igor Sharangovic for Barry, while Josh got four assists from Phil Kessel. Next up, we saw Jared and Paolo take down Tom 6-5-1. to five to one. Goal and three assists for Matthew Barzal. Three goals and an assist for Nico Heeshear. Two goals, two assists for Victor Arvidsson. While Tom got zero goals and four assists each from Matthew Shane, Shea Theodore, and Zach Whitecloud, while getting three goals and two assists for Stamkos, and then a goal and three assists for Chandler Stevenson. And lastly, myself, I tied with uh, Kevin, 6-6. Six to six. I got four assists from Claude Giroux. Not really a ton else for my team this week. Pretty evenly distributed, and no one else really set out. While uh, Kevin got a goal and four assists from Jack Hughes, five assists from Alex Kalorn, two goals, three assists, for Matthew Kachuk, and then three goals, three assists for Johnny Gaudreau as the Flames duo for Kevin really showed up. Uh, Barry's ranking for this week, top five skaters, Jack Hughes for Kevin and Keith, Steven Stamkos for Tom, John Carlson for Chris, Jonathan Huberto for Nathan, and uh, Zach Whitecloud for Tom. Noted uh, Zach, former walleye, Zach uh, Whitecloud, who I traded for just a late pick just to, to free up a roster space. Looking great so far. And Annette Igor Shesterkin for Alex, John Gibson for Josh, and Thatcher Demko for Nathan. The uh, the leaders for all the categories this week. This is going to be a, a real one-man show for the most part. With 26 goals, 39 assists, 200 face-off wins, 165 shots, 96 hits, 65 blocks, and 5 goalie wins, Alex won... Uh, just about every category this week. The ones he didn't win were defense points, where Chris had 19. Special teams points, where Tom, of all people, had 17. Saves, where Jared and Paolo got 232. And then the goalie ratios, where Nathan put up a 171 goals against and a 937 save percentage. We can uh, quickly take a look at the standings. Not a ton of movement. After all this, Alex is still up by a wide margin, 19 and a half games up on yours truly. Uh, Chris is in third, Powell and Jared are in fourth, Nathan in fifth, Dylan in sixth, Kevin and Keith in seventh, Josh in eighth, Tom in ninth, and Barry in tenth. If you will bear with me here, I will quickly pull up these roto standings and we can. Uh, can uh, roll those out for you as well. It'll be really easy to find here on my uh, my Google Drive if I don't accidentally click on the wrong spreadsheets and just cause us to wait more. And uh, okay, here we go for hockey. Alex in first place with 108 roto points. Myself in second with 86. Chris in third with 78.5. Nathan and Paolo tied for fourth each with 66. Uh, Kevin and Keith in 6th with 65.5. Dylan in 7th with 64. Tom in 8th with 55.5. Josh in ninth with 44. And Barry in 10th with a whopping 26.5 roto points. We can wrap up the hockey segment by taking a quick look at who is playing who. We got some good matchups uh, this, this week here. We have 3rd place Chris and 2nd place Ronnie in what is a very tight one, as you can see with the Roto standings. We'll see how this all plays out. Admittedly, I think Chris has a stronger team as of right now, so not thoroughly optimistic, but we'll see. We have 10th place Barry and 4th place Paolo Jared, 9th place Tom, 6th place Dylan, 8th place Josh and 1st place Alex, and then 5th place Nathan and 7th place Kevin, maybe? We'll see if he still has the team or not. Who uh, who knows? And lastly, we can uh, finish on some basketball. So the first matchup with basketball that is going to be relevant for us will be Barry taking down Josh six to three. Well, I guess all every matchup is is relevant. Excuse me for just trying to fill time and fill gaps with words. Anyways, Barry got 74, 11, 21, and 16 threes from Kobe White. 
82, 25, and 14 from Porzingis. 71 points, 13 three-pointers from Rozier. While Josh got 96, 34, 21 from Giannis. And 82, 19, and 11 from Clarkson. But it wasn't enough. As Josh, the reigning champion and one of the uh, the most dominant teams so far in the Roto standings. Spoiler alert for later. Uh, couldn't quite pull it out. As Barry's upstart uh, Scunthorpe, Scunthorpe team has been a force to be reckoned with. Next up, we saw Murph beat Ping 6-3 on the back of 104, 20, and 14 from Ja, and 103, 34, and 12 from Kevin Love. What is this, 2013? Kevin Love? Okay. Uh, Ping got 56, 8, and 27 from Bradley Beal. Next up, saw Chris beat Keith 7-2. How fitting. Uh, getting 111, 21, and 29 from DeMar. Great trade fair from Chris. And 107, 17, 21, and 17 three-pointers from Zach Levine. While uh, Redacted got 17, 13, and 14 from Josh Kitty in one game. And then 130, 40, and 11 from Jalen Brown. Alex took down Dylan also 7-2 behind 114, 22, and 16 for Devin Booker. 83, 15, and 22 from Jimmy Butler, while Dylan got 98 and 31 from Trey Young. Paolo took down Nathan uh, on autopilot, for Paolo that is, behind, and deep breath here, 138, 44, 27, 19 three-pointers, and 15 stocks from LeBron, 106, 34, and 38 from Harden, and then 75, 39, and 39 from Russ, while Nathan got 72 and 62 with 10 stocks from Ruby Gobert and a great rebounding effort. Uh, Tom took down Sean 6 to 3. Not really much here. Uh, 80 points from Malik Monk, 61, 22, and 12 for Mobley, and then 60 points for Terrence Mann on, on Sean's side. While uh, lastly, Nut beat yours truly 7 to 2. Big discrepancy in, in games played here. Is that's that's how fantasy works out. And Nuts team was truthfully on fire this week. He got 76, 29, and 8 from Kyle Kuzma. 76, 12, and 16 from Dame. 73, 16, 5. And 17, 3 pointers from Beasley. While the Walleye got just 65, 27, 8, and 12 stocks from Hamadou Diallo. And then 51, 10, 13 with 11 three-pointers from Curry. Both Diallo and Curry played in only two games, which makes those lines a bit more impressive for sure. We can look at the top five from Barry this week. LeBron from Paolo, Kevin Love from Murph, Devin Booker from Alex, Porzingis from Barry, and Harden from Paolo. Pretty good week for Paolo with his, his big three really filling out the stat sheet in the way that he hopes they would on a regular basis. Uh, the leaders this week, Paolo with a 49.4 field goal percentage, Tom with an 82.4 free throw percentage, Nut with 86 three-pointers, Alex with 326 rebounds, Josh with 217 assists, Barry with 58 steals, Alex with 41 blocks, Tom with only 26 turnovers, and Josh with 754 points. Taking a look at the standings here real quick. We've got first place Alex, second place Josh, only a half game back now after that, uh, these matchups. Third place Barry, fourth place Chris, fifth place Merv, sixth place Tom, uh, seventh place myself, eighth place Nut, ninth place Dylan, tenth place Ping, eleventh place uh, Keith, twelfth place Nathan, thirteenth place Paolo, and fourteenth place Sean. Uh, the Roto standings, Alex in first with 98, Josh with 95, Ronnie with 88, Chris with 87, Barry with 74, Murph with uh, 76. I'm now realizing that those are out of order. Oh, that's embarrassing. That's, that's easy math, Ron. What are, you, what are we doing? <sighs> okay, Dylan and Tom with 67, Nut with 66, Ping with 64, Keith with 58, Paolo with 43, Nathan 41, and Sean with 21. And let's end this segment on a quick uh, who plays who. We have 7th place Ronnie, 5th place Murph, 13th place Paolo, 14th place Sean, and what, I don't know if this will be the toilet bowl, 
this week, but I mean it's it's probably got to be right. Uh, sixth place, Tom, and first place, Alex. Twelfth place, Nathan, and eighth place, Nut, in a battle of the friends. Ninth place, Dylan. Fourth place, Chris. Eleventh place, uh, who knows? Versus second place, Josh. And 10th place, Ping, with 3rd place, Barry. And lastly here, uh, as I bid you all a farewell for the week, uh, we probably should at least touch on the fact that we had another departure uh, this week as Chris decided that we had an incident in the chat, and that was a bit much for one of the the former owners. And Keith is uh, no longer with us. So I guess we'll find out here in the coming days who will get the football and uh, baseball and basketball teams. Uh, we'll def- we'll find out if uh, Kevin will be keeping the hockey team or if he doesn't really feel like sticking around if Keith is gone. And uh, we will we'll move on. We have Sean and Mike who are both pretty pretty. Uh, anxious to to get some of these sports so we'll see if if they take over all the teams just some of the teams we'll see what we do want to do for hockey but this is a pretty strong league i think we have a really strong core of people who i trust that will be around for a long time and i think that is more important you can always find villains as we need but as long as we keep the core of the group i think we'll we'll be good for a while And with that, we'll wrap up this episode here. Uh, Good to have hockey back. Good to have Nathan on. A very, very good and fun conversation with Nathan. Very upbeat, obviously, after winning the whole thing. And I thought that provided some great content, some very entertaining conversation between the two of us. Um, It's good recaps. A few trades. Obviously, the, the shocking news with with the uh, departure of Keefe as uh, Chris just Thanos snapped him out of existence. And I'm looking forward to seeing how we, uh, how we go from here, where, who we, who we replace all of them, who replace Keefe with rather, and uh, how this all plays out. I think this will be an interesting time for the league, but as I said, before i think we'll be we'll be fine here we'll we will figure it out we will survive so with that thank you all for listening to yet another episode of the dsac fantasy podcast as always i'm your host ron have a uh, a great day as you're listening to this and i will see you all next time